This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You have found the Shanty Pants Show. People ask all the questions the box you win. To classify your life with a stroke of a pen. Take those old rules, crumple them, throw them out. We're burning that box right now. Although I am most often recognized for my ridiculous comedic fashion and makeup tutorials on my social medias, I also have a deeper side. I have been learning, growing, and recovering so much in the last couple of years, and I'm thrilled to bring you along on my journey as I continue to break the mold that I've been living in for far too long. I'm so fortunate to have the privilege of interviewing some movers and shakers who are encouraging my healing process through sharing their own stories. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through, such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted Impacted me in my journey of healing. I'm honored to bring these stories to you all in hopes that you too can learn, grow, and heal. And also to remind us all that we are not alone. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. As always, the views and opinions of my guests are their own and don't necessarily reflect mine, although in a lot of cases they do. Today's guest is Roberta Blevins. She left the MLM world in 2017 and began publicly educating and speaking out against it. Since leaving MLM, she has educated herself on the systematic structure of the business model, the psychological manipulation, the seedy underbelly, 
governmental ties, the cult indoctrination, and the history of multi-level marketing. She educates daily on her social media platforms and in her podcast, Life After MLM, talking to the survivors and victims of these commercial cults. Please enjoy my conversation with Roberta. My name is Roberta Blevins, and I am an anti-MLM advocate and an educator and a content creator and uh, most famously known as the dead fart leggings girl from Luma Rich. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect introduction. And I found you because of another podcast I had listened to and was immediately like drawn in and had to watch your documentary that you were in and went down the rabbit hole, basically. So I... Obviously, know a lot about you, but <laughs> why don't you go ahead and just kind of explain your story and how you got into being an advocate and what you do now? Yeah, totally. So, in well, in 2014, I joined my first MLM, and I was like, "This is a scam. This this doesn't work for me, and I'm not going to do this." And within like three months, I was out. I was like, "I can't do this. This is definitely not my vibe." Um. My father had passed away recently. I was in a vulnerable place. I was a stay-at-home mom, but I also worked outside of the house and I worked outside of my city and traveled a bit as a hairstylist and it was a lot. And I was always trying to find something that I could consolidate everything. Like I had been a blogger. I had like a little Etsy shop. Like I've done it all. Like Jill of all trades. Like that's me. If, if like I've, I've tried it all. I've, I've like done the t-shirts. I've done everything. Like it's just ridiculous. And I was just always trying to find something that I could consolidate and keep me home to be there for my kids uh, and to have like sort of like what my childhood was like, like having a parent that was there all the time. And so there's all this societal pressure that I felt like I have to juggle all of these things. It's very necessary for some reason. And um, uh, this MLM called LuLaRoe came into my life in like October. There was a woman that I was friends with who was like showing off these brightly colored leggings and she was like, they're so soft and comfy I was like, oh, I want to try a pair. And she's like, I've got a pair. And she was like, literally, she sold me a used pair. She was like, I have a pair that doesn't fit me anymore. If you just wanted to try it, like, I'll sell it to you for five bucks, like eight bucks shipping, right? And I was like, sounds great. Like, I'll send you whatever it was. And she sent me this horrible pair of leggings. It was like red and yellow and blue, geometric, just ridiculous. I would never wear them outside of the house, although I probably did. Um, at that time, I would have never worn them outside of the house. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. They are so soft and thick and comfy and they stay up and they don't fall down and all of these things. They're so great. How do I get another pair? And she was like, oh, well, they're LuLaRoe. You have to like find a consultant. Um, I didn't even like at that time equate it to like an MLM in that way. Mm. But I was like, oh, okay. Like I get it. Okay. I understand how this works. I'd done it a million times with so like Mary Kay and uh, mm -hmm. origami owl and rodan and fields and like all of these other companies that that everybody is like nodding going oh yeah okay i've had a party i've done that thing like i've done it before. right and so i was like yeah okay like let's have a party let's let's learn more about lularoe i want to get some leggings like how do we do this and I, I like went on the hunt trying to find a pair of leggings and then i found this like octopus pair that for some reason i just needed to have and i was like oh my god and they're like that's called your unicorn and i was like what and all these people are like, it's called your unicorn. When you find the print, you have to have. And it really was like a dopamine fueled, like treasure hunt. And I'm across Instagram, like searching hashtags, asking people, do you have the octopus? Do you know I want the black ones? Do you have that? Do you have that? And I found them. 
So imagine the dopamine rush, the excitement, like the amazing feeling I felt when I got those leggings. I wore them all the time. Lucky I was like, you. I got these. Like, I felt like I won them. I felt like I had earned them. They were so much more special than just like a regular <laughs> pair of leggings because I had to hunt them down, right? <laughs> like, just ridiculous. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, I can't even believe this is a thing. Uh. But yeah. And then I thought to myself, I was like, what? Well, if I... I thought relatively level-headed person would go this crazy for a pair of stupid leggings on the internet. Mm. Who else will? I could totally sell this. <laughs> this could be the answer of consolidating everything. I could just sell leggings in my living room. So I started like researching all of these leggings, all these parties and everything. And they're flying off the shelves. This is like maybe December. I'm just like, this is crazy. <laughs> flying off the shelves. I have to sell this. And I find out there's a wait list and you've got to find a person to sign under. And I reach out to this woman that I see on YouTube and she immediately like throws me under to somebody else saying that this woman is closer to me and she's under me, but I'll get her and this, which I later found, found out is a, a thing called stacking, which MLMs do. And she threw me onto this woman because she's building the most effective pyramid at this point. Oh my God, you have to do this. And for three months, they're love bombing me. In a way that I'd never been love bombed before. They're checking in on me. Oh my gosh, how are you? And they're asking me all these questions. And, you know, essentially, but I'm I'm essentially trying to join. And I'm like, well, you know, my husband, he and I are no longer together. And it has nothing to do with LuLaRoe. But at the time, it was like, can I, can I do this? And he was like, eh, it seems like a lot. Like, you already have so much going on. And so he wasn't necessarily, like, against it. But he was just, he, know, he knows me. And he was like, I don't know if this is something you might want to do. Um, but also he knows me and I'm very persistent. And the more he told me, no, the more I want to do it. And I think it was just this like really great, like amalgamation of all these things coming together of like really wanting to do it, but I can't, but there's weightless, but I got to get in and the FOMO and the dopamine and everything. It was the perfect explosion in, in March of 2016, I signed the dotted line and I joined LuLaRoe as a consultant oh. and, um, grew very quickly very, very quickly, but it was all, oh, it's just all like such a dopamine fueled nightmare. Oh, <laughs> but that that's how I got in. Is, that yeah. was like the first six months. That's what got you It was you just like being groomed. And... That was the grooming portion uh, yes. of the program. And I remember when I first saw the brand because I had gone to like a home party, uh, like I think it was around like Christmas time and there was all the different consultants there of all the things oh, yeah. and the leggings were there. And I was like, I really need these. Like really bad. Like obviously, cause everyone else were they Christmas ones? No, they had a variety and I ended up because it was the only pair in my size and I had to get them with like a salmon colored orange solid like, yeah solid because I figured Ooh, I could wear okay. with more and you know just testing the waters and I think that was the only pair I ever bought but I had to like seriously that night I was like oh I really want black but I will <laughs> whatever is in my size I will get so salmon it was and yeah. and were they they're, soft they're soft but to me they were like too stretchy to too wear stretchy. yeah like 
like I would wear them around my house as like nowadays, like as cozy pants. But I don't feel like they looked good, like to wear out. And I mean, maybe because they were orange. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Like they're Walmart pants. Yes. Yes. I get it. Yes. And I see a lot of LuLaRoe at Walmart, actually, like on people shopping. Not on the rings or anything, but on people shopping for sure. That makes sense um, because they're probably very similar. So I, I get, I, I don't understand the draw, but I, I was part of the like, ooh, I need them. Yeah, right. And, and I will say, yeah. like, 2016 was a different time. Like, I don't understand right. the draw. I mean, obviously, I've oh. been through the ringer, so I definitely don't understand the draw. But at right. one point, there it was really important to me, and mm. I don't know if it was just because I was really vulnerable. And everything just sort of fit perfectly. I don't know. Um, That's that's what I think it is. It's just and that's what I tell people, you know, people are like, well, you seem so smart and like normal. Like, how could you get sucked into one of these? And I say vulnerability, like every Mm. single person on this planet is vulnerable a little bit every day, a little bit. Right. And, you know, yeah. And there are going to be times where you're going to be vulnerable and thinking oh my god what is the the answer to this problem that i have and someone is going to come with you come to you with a solution and that solution might be a scam and you never know you just don't know so people in desperate situations or in vulnerable situations sometimes make hasty decisions that aren't always properly thought through Mm -hmm. and um yeah and i think it's important to know um, that you are vulnerable. Just, just, just know where you're at in your life. <laughs> so you know what you're vulnerable to. So if people come with you, come to you with those things and you're like, no, thank you. I mean, yeah. I have that handled on my yeah. own. And I almost think you have to sometimes go through one of these experiences or know someone that does in order to even understand, like I'm vulnerable right now, because yeah. I think as adults, even like, so many of us don't know enough about ourselves even to make those choices or to know not to. That's why, I mean, I've seen people that have PhDs and, and, and yeah. medical doctors that get sucked into these things. So, I mean, it has nothing to do with education or brains and smarts. It has nothing to do with right. that. So, yeah, it's, it's important. The vulnerability, uh, that aspect can really, can really get to you. Yeah, it could be anyone. And I think like certain, like, you know, kind of, I come from a high control background and I think like, I, I love this subject because my dad, I mean, a hundred percent MLMs were his thing. You should come to our group and recruit people because we are primed and ready for, we're already groomed. We're ready to go. Absolutely. There are so many parallels to like religion and high demand groups, narcissistic abuse, all of this stuff parallels. And um, they they all use the same tactics, the same manipulation, the same terms. And it's, it's really odd and interchangeable. And a lot of times people will reach out to me and they're like, oh, I just saw Lula Rich. It reminded me so much of my time in the church. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Or, oh, this reminded me of that Scientology documentary. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, uh-huh. No, you're, you're getting there. You're hitting right. most of the bells. There's, There's a few so different many. bells over here, a couple different bells over here, but most of the bells are the same. <laughs> yeah. There's so many parallels. So why don't you tell us a little further on in your journey then and 
kind of your success in the business and how it went downhill after that. Yeah. So within three months of joining, I hit the first like actual legit rank. The, the way that there's ranks in LuLaRoe, I mean, every pyramid has a rank. LuLaRoe, if you have, uh, once you start selling, you're at the bottom, you're called a retailer. You have at least one person under you is the first rank is called a sponsor. And then, then the, the bigger ranks that come with, with bigger teams, <clears throat> excuse me. The next is trainer, which is where I was. And I had almost enough people to hit the next rank, which is coach. I was two away from that. So in terms of Lula speak, which is like the, the words that we use in this cult, um, I was called a coach in the queue and the queue is the line to, to, you know, to hit whatever it was. So I was a coach in the queue, meaning that the two people that I needed to get my ranking were in the queue waiting to onboard. And once they onboarded, everything would just click into place and I would, and I would rank up, but, um, that didn't happen. That never happened. There was a mass exodus and everything started to crumble and I watched it happen. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is not sustainable. And that sort of at that point is when I started asking a lot of questions. Um, I've been asking questions previously when things would happen. Like I got wet stuff. I got like holes. I got the stinky stuff. I got moldy stuff. I got sun bleach stuff and I would ask questions and it was always like, that's so weird. And I'm like, it seems like I'm the only one that ever gets this stuff. That's more weird. Like to me, that seemed more weird that I was the only one. And with every time that I had a legitimate question and I got a canned answer back, um, I was basically told like, well, that's not a, what they call an income producing activity or an IPA in the MLM world. That's not an IPA. We're not going to worry about that. Why don't you work your business and focus on your business? And like, we will work on that problem later. And so everything is just sort of pushed off to the side and you're told like, stay busy. So I'm having sales, I'm building my team and anything that came into my view that I thought was odd. If I asked questions, I was love bombed. And like to me for to forget about it, right? Oh, don't ask those questions. We'll figure it out. Just worry about you're just such a rock star. You're just killing it. Just like, right. So a lot of stuff I ignored because I I was being loyal. It was like my first year in, I was very loyal. And um, it wasn't until the second year where I started asking questions and when they would like give me the answer, I was like, Yeah, no, you already said that, but like it didn't work. So I have more questions. And like my questions got deeper. Well, in an organization where it is predicated on lies and deception, you asking questions and trying to find truth, like kind of screws the whole thing up. So it was very much like, shut the fuck up, Roberta, go sit over there. Did you want to go to the Bahamas? Here's two tickets to go on the cruise. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Like, but we need to know by five o'clock today. It is very urgent. And it became this whole like, oh my gosh, we got tickets on this cruise. Should we go? We have to tell them by five. Can we do it? Can we do it? It, it, it? There's no reason for this FOMO. There's no reason other than to create panic uh, and, and emotionally manipulate me. I look back on all of this and I'm like, there were people that were days later were getting the crew. And I was just like, I don't understand why I had this. There was this eight hour panic for me. Whatever. It's all part of it. So that stuff's happening. And again, like I go on the cruise and it was very culty. And I, I just was like, I, I think that they were trying to bring me back in and be like, yeah, isn't this amazing? But for me, I was like, yikes, is this how it is? 
Like it's even more culty. And I had seen some sort of like that elitism with like the home office and the corporate people hanging out with consultants and retailers. And oftentimes I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't know if I like that. Again, not my place to judge, but whatever. Uh, And it just, it felt very culty. And I didn't really like it. It felt like very false idol, false celebrity, like worshiping people. There were lines to get like pictures taken with people. It was just weird. And I didn't like it. And so I came back from the cruise, like not as jazzed as they wanted me to be. And like went into convention, not jazzed at all. And coming back from convention and just not having a great time. There was all kinds of stuff. Like there wasn't enough food and the ADA accommodations were horrible. And there were people like getting stuck at the beach and it, the transportation was a night, like it was a nightmare. Like it was like fire fest, but like in Anaheim, like it was a nightmare. And these poor women, Oh God. It was just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Uh, And I just came back from that going, what the hell am I defending? What the hell am I representing? What the hell am I like pretending is great? Like this is insane. And I I remember deciding I was going to leave. And the same day that I decided to leave and had announced I was leaving was the day that they pulled the, the buyback program and screwed a lot of people. Myself included, but I don't even think I was qualified for it. So it doesn't even matter. Um, A lot of people that were underneath me that were waiting to get money back, they screwed. And that really sort of solidified. I was like, yeah, no, like the decision I made earlier. Yeah, no, I'm sticking with that decision. Um, And from that moment forward, I was doing everything that they told me I shouldn't have done when I was in. Like, don't read the blogs. Don't check the articles. Don't read about those lawsuits. We won those lawsuits. They were, those are just haters who like, those were settled. And I read everything and I joined the groups and I asked the other people, hey, did this happen to you? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, no, that all happened to me. And I'm just crying going like, how is this like a thing? How can this company lie and screw everybody over? Like it's nothing. And um, I watched Leah Remini's uh, show and it really opened my eyes. And I was like, oh, mm. fuck, I'm in a cult. <laughs> it's yeah. like that moment. I mean, like it was very emotional and now I can laugh at it. But right. it was very emotional at the time. And I was able to earlier this year thank Leah for that. I was on her podcast oh. and, and got to yeah. talk to Mike and Leah and, and say thank you. And that was really like the full circle moment for me. Right. And I think like everything since then has just been like just more wins. It's just really great. So, um, you know, I, I left LuLaRoe and signed, signed, Hey, I'm no longer with you. I'm not going to come back. I'm not going to try to return my stuff. We no longer have a relationship. Sayonara. Bye. Peace out. Adios. See you later. And that was January of 2018 officially like officially cut those ties Mm -hmm. immediately within the next like within the next month i spoke to bloomberg news Mm. about what happened which then led to like vice and business insider going oh what and then we were talking to them and we were their sources and then vice comes to me and they say we want to do a feature we want to do a 30 minute feature are you interested i said hell yes i'm interested so i do that feature which then caught the attention of the people that did Lula Rich and they reached out to me in summer of 2020 while I was in the middle of doing the uh, Washington pyramid scheme lawsuit. I was a witness. So I was working on that at the same time and they reached out to me and they said, would you be willing to do this? And I said, yeah, you know, I got to do my testimony. I got to get through, got to get through this case. But yeah, like I'm super down. 
and they said, okay, like, let's, let's do this. I signed on as a consultant, helped them get a lot of the people that were in the contact information and talking to people and saying, you know, will you do this with me? Um, and then did the case, uh, did my testimony, LuLaRoe decided to settle in February. We settled the case for 4.75 million for restitution for the Washingtonian consultants because LuLaRoe's appearance game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I started my podcast. I oh, like that's, my gosh. And, and so like, it's really, it's like, that's the, the reader's digest version. I mean, that's like four years right. that I just condensed, but that's right. It just was really just like, boom, 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 like one after the other. I I think back to it and it seems like it was so long. But what I've been doing recently is I have all these old YouTube videos from or not YouTube videos, Facebook videos from my time in. And so I've been making YouTube videos of me reacting to them. And I'm realizing going through this and triggering the fuck out of myself um, that a lot of this timeline is a lot shorter than I thought it was. There's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, that didn't happen to like six or eight months in and it's happening like two and a half months in. And I'm like, wow, I thought that happened a lot later. So who knows what my timeline is like? I could be completely off on all of this, but um, yeah, it's just, it's been a whirlwind. And I know, I mean, that was a lot of information. I talk a lot. No, that's amazing. (laughs) I love it. When you did or helped with the documentary, how how did that go with your relationship with the owners? Like, did you ever have any contact with them or was it? The moment I left LuLaRoe, I was dead to everybody. Okay. It took about a week. It took about a Mm. week for me to, to trickle through and be blocked and, and excommunicated and ostracized by everybody. Um, yeah. And then there was a couple scragglers here. I think Deanne was a friend of mine on Facebook for a while okay. until she figured out what was going on. And then like one day she just wasn't there anymore. And I was like, okay, mm. she figured it out. I like people to figure it out on their own. It's funny right. to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> like it just, you know, I think most everybody now, especially after Lula Rich, they're no longer following me or no longer friends or whatever. Um, but you know, I let them do that because that, yeah. that's just not my, it's just not my mm. thing. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was not any backlash specifically from them during the documentary or anything, um, personal. It really was the narrative that Lula Rowe was pushing when the documentary came out was that it was like, and I kind of almost quote, but I'm going to paraphrase that it's just like four angry retailers who, were just really bitter and decided to make a movie and it's really sensationalized and it's just their opinions. And like, I don't even know why Amazon would even pick it up. Like that's what the narrative was. Like there were screenshots from top leaders that were like, if you really feel like you need to watch the baseless opinions of four bitter retailers, then by all means, I can't tell you what to do. You know, like that. Uh, but I feel like it's not an income producing activity to waste your time. But I mean, I know they watched it because they left reviews on Amazon. Oh, God. They left really colorful reviews. My favorite one. Oh, my favorite. There was this guy 
And he left this review and he was, he was, this is always the one I use because this was the one that I actually was like, enough is enough. <laughs> and, I, and I retaliated because you can only poke the bear so many times. But um, the review is something like, you know, Roberta Blevins is like, just can't get over it. She's been trying to tear down LuLaRoe longer than she was even in it. You know, all this ridiculous stuff. And it's Amazon. So you're, 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 commenting under your full your real name like i mean hi it's not reddit right come on so i clicked his name and it's his full name so i highlighted it i copy paste i put it in google and i typed lularoe after and boom their lularoe boutique came up but not only did their lularoe boutique came up the youtube video came up of them singing and dancing about how much they love lularoe so Anybody with any comedic bone in their body knows exactly what I did. I reacted to the video and I made a TikTok video and it did very well. I very well. I hear because a lot of the people that follow me were former uh, customers of them and have stayed in their group for the lulls because they hate me. And every so often they will bring me up just randomly. And then my followers will say, they were talking about you today. And it's just really funny. So I hope they're doing great. I have nothing against them, you know, oh, like right. I hate LuLaRoe, but yes, they yes. started it. <laughs> I, just, I just finished it. That's all. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. it cracked me up in the documentary, the interviews with the owners, oh, yes. like they knew they were being interviewed for a documentary and I honestly <laughs> just laughed so much during watching that because I'm like, yeah. shut up, shut up. Like you're making it much worse on yourselves. Yeah, no. I mean, they're like, they're full narcissist, right? So it's like yes. super giving Amber Heard where you're just like watching this going, you, you're lying. Like everybody knows you're lying. Do you know? Like it's, it's that sort of, and I honestly think like narcissists, they're in such a headspace, right? Like you have this sociopathic attitude where like, mm -hmm. you can just do this and not have any remorse. And I think if you're in that space, it's very easy to come up and concoct lies that you believe. Right. And you right. just really, and I honestly think that Mark and Deanne really, truly believe the lies that they say. Oh yeah. And so to them, they're not lying because that's no. what they believe. Uh, and that's the loophole. So uh, they can still get into heaven and get their planet at the end of the day. So, you know, for me, it's ridiculous. Oh, so ridiculous. So I point it out. Yeah. I just want to point it out. I'm you know, save perfect, other people. I also don't pretend that I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so much from your podcast and others like it where stuff clicks and makes sense where otherwise we wouldn't really think about certain things right. or know, I'm like, Oh, drawing parallels with my own life. And it just, it's just cool. I feel like there's so much to learn. Yeah. And so people like you that are actually sharing your story, I think it benefits so many other people, whether it's MLMs or not really, there's yeah. so much 
that could be similar. So I mean, it's very similar to like true crime, right? Like a lot of people are like, I love true crime. Mm -hmm. And like for me, MLM is a little bit of all of my favorite kinds of true crime because you have like that fraud, which I love fraud and I love scam stuff. You know, I mean, sometimes there's murder, not really a lot of murder, but definitely like white collar crime. You have like that abuse, the fraud, the schemes, the Ponzi, the abuse, right? Mm -hmm. We get into like the psych psychological manipulation the gaslighting the the faith manipulation bringing jesus into it Mm -hmm. like there's so many parallels that are so many commonalities in everybody's daily life plus the fact that mlm is a normal cult that's just right hanging out every day and everybody's homes just totally accepted and normal right you go look in your cupboard i'm sure you'll find something tupperware that somebody gave you or you bought somewhere like i have mlm stuff I'm not going to throw it away because I spent good money on it. I'm not going to buy it again, <laughs> but I'm learning my lesson that way. Um, and it's just, it's so accepted and common. And so mm-hmm. even if you didn't do it, maybe you bought from it. Maybe you yeah. know someone that did. Maybe mm-hmm. you almost joined one. Maybe you got suckered into a couple meetings, whatever. It yep. brings you in. And like with mm-hmm. true crime, it's like, oh, I know someone that got murdered once or something. But with this, it's like, oh, I was in it. Like yes. I was a part of this and I didn't know. And it, it really brings a lot of us together. Um, mm-hmm. And to to turn this victimization of thinking that we were just we just couldn't be good salesmen into actually realizing what it truly is and, and unpacking it and figuring out all the whys and the what's and the wins and the where's of it and looking at each other and going, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Like oh. it happened to you too. Mm-hmm. And then we laugh about it because it's just so ridiculous that yeah. when, now that you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's just ridiculous that you could never see it before. And right. we just laugh at ourselves. And but it's, it's hard cathartic. once you're, when you're in something like that, it you see how many people are in and stay in yeah. because you've been there and you can understand how yeah. much they mess with your mind and keep you. And yeah. so it's looking back, it is. It's like, why would anyone do that? But <laughs> the real thing is we're all, you know, we're all capable of falling into it. Yeah. I even get messages from people who are like, hey, And it'll be from like a throwaway email. Mm. And they're like, hey, you know, this is anonymous. I just want to let you know, like, I'm pretty high up in an MLM, but I see it and I listen Mm. to you and I I found you on TikTok and I'm I'm following your your podcast and and you're right. And like in the beginning, I thought like she's a hater. Mm. And then all of a sudden, like the things you were saying, I was experiencing and and what you were saying made more sense than what they were saying was what was happening. And and she's like, I'm working my way out. Like I get these messages all the time. I'm working my way out, but I don't know how to get out. And so I have to slowly replace this income because it's our full-time income. Like my husband's going back to work. He's getting another job, but I'm going to have to be in for another six months or so. And like, how Mm. do I how do I rectify that? Like, I'm not going to recruit anymore, but like, I I'm really just going to heavily focus on sales and I'm not going to recruit and, you know, and I'm like, Hey, message me if you ever need it. it it's yeah. wild. And yeah. it's happening on the back end. And like, people don't understand that too. It's like, I'm talking to people who are in MLMs. They're just terrified. They don't want to be, they don't want to speak yet. They're not ready, but, right. but they're in and they're seeing it. And they're like, you're not wrong. Some of the and things you when, say, I never saw, but yeah. 90% of the things you're saying, you're not wrong. You could relate with. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's and it's hard too for those that are making money like you said that becomes their income it's Mm -hmm. hard to just give that up because you realize it's wrong it is and it's like you rely on that money yes did you get to the point uh where you were making good money at this yeah well my my mlm replaced my other income That was the funny thing was that was the whole point, right? Like I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to stop doing hair. I want to bring it home. And that's what happened. But the amount of work and effort I had to put into the business for that to one, be sustainable and two, to just work. It was, it was, it was never effortless Mm. with the, with the salon. It was pretty effortless. I, I knew I was only working when I was there. I was, and for me, like I switched something that I had done that was almost effortless for me, almost Mm. just like, like natural to something that was completely and totally chaotic for almost the exact same amount of money. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I'm like tripling my workload and being miserable and being a wreck and like yelling at my family and being like, don't you understand? I don't have to photograph when that light is good. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, who is this person? Mm. So, so, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It was ridiculous. So the money just, for me, it was about coming home and about having this community. The money shifted itself Mm. for the most part. Okay. But you were obviously having to work way more. Your work was at home. And it was at home, so I could never escape from it. Right. It was 24-7. Because there's people all over the map that want to buy it. So if they're messaging me. Uh, Different was, hours. It, yeah. And it was it was oh. wild. Even to set those boundaries. And I, I made a video when I was talking about boundaries. And one of the comments on it was really great. And it was like, how, you know, like, of course you don't have any boundaries. You can't have boundaries if you're desperate for sales. Because if I really need to sell something, if someone messaged me at 1030 at night, I would help them because I need the money. So that mm. desperation didn't even allow me to have the space for boundaries, even if I wanted to have them. And then in that, in turn, obviously you were talking about yelling at your family. Did that affect your relationships? At the time? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, It was like, who are you? Why are you like this? Like, I don't understand why you're so angry. Like take a break, stress, like stop being so stressful. And I get it. And my family was so understanding because they knew that I was just on edge all the time. And they were probably mm. terrified that I would just right. explode. Oh, <laughs> we love God. you. Don't hurt us. Like, I mean, obviously not like that, but you know what I right. mean? And it was just, I didn't know who I was and it was really mm. emotionally terrifying. I was having like massive anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I look back back, back on it now. When I talk to my friends who are in this, they're like, that's you like PTSD, like the way that this happened, like, and everything leading up in those last months, it, it's very 
similar to that. And especially yeah. being excommunicated was very interesting. Right. And I had never experienced those emotions other than the, the time that my father passed away. Oh. Just this like intense emotion of like sadness, but happiness and like obligation and all these different mm. emotions. I'd never felt that any other time. Aside from my father passing away and leaving a cult. Like, That's so crazy. really interesting. It really, Very really traumatic. interesting feelings. Very traumatic. Yeah. Very traumatic. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, like a cult. I mean, it's like a cult where you don't just leave and life is good. There's always right. this unpacking of all this baggage. <laughs> and like you, you, I'm assuming you had to like, then get back to your normal job and all yeah. of it's not like it just happens. There's a lot right. that goes into leaving something that you're so ingrained in. Totally. And I mean, I took a probably about a month off of everything. Okay. And really, I was just liquidating as much LuLaRoe as I could at the beginning. I think I was like, everything's 50% <laughs> off, come get it or whatever the price was. Um, and a lot of people took a lot. I got really picked over. And that was sort of enough. And I had some friends that helped me out, sustained us through Christmas. And I think around November, I reached out to my former salon and I said, uh, if there's space for me, I think I want to come back. And they were like, of course. So I went back. Um, a couple of my clients, you know, had moved on, which is totally fine. But a lot of people were like, oh, thank God you're back. When can I get my hair done? And for the most part, it was pretty smooth. Um my ex was very, very into brewing beer at the time. So on the weekends, I would help him with that, just sort of get away and like stay off social media. So I did take a little bit of just time away. Okay. And in that time, I I learned about pyramid schemes and I learned about cult and I started asking questions and I started going, but I don't understand this, but why? And finding those whys, because no, I don't know why. Why do you, why? I don't know why. Well, I guess I'll have to find out why. And doing yeah. the research and finding out why and, and meeting people like Dr. Stephen Hassan and uh, you know, Robert Fitzpatrick and, and getting to know these people in, in their work and going, Oh my God, like this is a thing. Like, and it's like been going on for a really long time. And I'm just like, I just like fell into it. Oops. Um, right. But maybe I can help people understand. Yeah. Like, I'm a really good communicator. So maybe I can be the person that can like break it down into the most basic terms and like make it funny and entertaining too. Like, maybe I can do that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think and then you in are. Doing that, I, yeah. And then in doing that, I met a couple other people who were doing it similarly as well. And we sort of just formed this band of crazy, ridiculous yeah. people who have been through the ringer from all the different companies. And, yes. you know, now we live on the internet and it's a super fun place. As crazy as it can you be, know, it's great too. too. Yeah. <laughs> sure have. Sure have. Oh my gosh. And then yeah. speaking of social media, when you were in the company, like you guys had the Facebook groups and all of that, do you feel like you were banned a while before you ultimately left? Like, did they know it was coming? Um, I think they knew what was coming, but I was pretty good at keeping it a secret and I knew who I could and couldn't talk to. And so when I was ready to let go, and that's, that's, I mean, that's sort of how I've always been in, in ending things in my life. Like I prepare myself and like emotionally detach and be like, mm. okay, I'm secure. And then I pounce. Cause at that point it's like, no, I'm done. 
Like, no, you can't affect me. So I was already very much emotionally detached. I had reached out to a couple of people who were, uh, who had been under me on my team and we had a wine night and we sat around and we talked and I was like, this is what's going on. And they were like, you got to go. Like they had already left. And I said, this bothered me. And they're like, oh, that always bothered us too. And here's why. And, And it was a lot of realization of been like, this has been happening the whole time and we've just been ignoring it. And it was like, yeah, you know, we started to see it. And we brought it up to you. And I was like, I did. Yeah, I do remember that. Like, there was a lot of conversations like that where I was like, I do remember. I remember asking about that, but it being like redirected and then something, but Disney. Oh yeah, Disney. Okay. We'll worry about that later. Always these distractions. Right. And I'm, I'm doing this. And I'm going, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. Right. So I was just really preparing without the higher ups knowing I never went up the chain until I was ready. And I, it was kind of a weird couple of days, but I was like, I I made like an event and I was like, I'm going to go live in my group. I just want to talk to you guys. And I had already been talking to my upline about feeling a certain way. And she already knew that I was sort of kind of, you know, waffling a bit. And so when she saw that she messaged me, I do remember this. And she goes, what's, what are you going to talk about on that live? I said, I don't know. It's just sort of like, come and chat. She's like, well, what are you going to talk about? I said, I don't know. Well, you, you don't know what you're going to talk about. And I was like, no, I'm just going to talk about how I'm feeling and what's going on. And she was like, well, you know, you're really, you know, talking about basically like trying to deter me from saying anything negative, wanted to make sure what I was going to say was okay. And I felt very censored. And so I just canceled the chat and I told everybody, never Uh, mind, I'm not doing the chat. I ended up doing a different chat a couple of days later. Didn't tell her about it. Just did it. <laughs> Didn't make an event. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. Can't pre-plan this stuff. <laughs> it's got to be on the fly. Oh so my did that. Um, I, I think I ended up deleting that one because I, I, there is a couple of people that like made angry faces. And I think I probably said some stuff I shouldn't have said. And I ended up deleting it. And I wish I wouldn't have hindsight, but right. I did at the time. And that was sort of the beginning of the end. And I remember Mm. going to get pedicures with some friends and they're like, fuck LuLaRoe, like let's go get pedicures and getting a phone call right at the end or getting a text. And I was like, I'm getting a pedicure. I'll call you when I'm done and going outside and calling my upline because she was like, what is all this? What's going on? And and she spent 45 minutes trying to convince me to stay. But LuLaRoe is so great and Christmas is coming and Halloween is coming and we've got the Disney villains and they're coming and then Disney Christmas is coming and there's going to be frozen and you're going to miss it if you don't stay. Think about all the money you could make, like all the frozen. And I'm thinking Uh going, no, because the way that everything is like, I'll probably get four pairs of frozen and they'll probably be the worst ones. And then everybody will tell me that I have to be grateful for even getting four pairs of the worst ones because they didn't get zero. Oh. you know like that kind of thing where i'm like i should be grateful for shit because you didn't get any shit like what right. this is insane i don't it understand totally makes this sense. Is, right? i'm like what are we complaining about you can have my shit i'm not uh, attached to it at all like you can just have it just take it's it it's moldy anyway right and mm. i was just i'm just thinking like what are you trying to convince me of like what wow. are you trying why and I mean, you think back, like, what is the reason that somebody would be convincing me of something? Like, what's the worst, the worst reason they could be trying to convince me? Mm -hmm. And her bonus check is dependent on whether or not I stay, whether or not I qualify 
which means whether or not I can get my team to sell enough to qualify to get my ranking so she can get her ranking. And I was like, I don't have it in me, you know, and arguing for 45 minutes, I just wanted to go home. So again, I'll just tell her whatever she wants to hear. Cause apparently I, I, this is, I just, I can't do anything. I've got spies everywhere. So I get home, I remove her from the group and I post in the group that I'm leaving. I had my husband proofreading. He didn't even proofread. He just hit post. And I say, I'm leaving. The time has come. It's time for me to leave. Within 15 minutes, like she's texting me. We had a conversation. You said you would stay. I can't believe you would do this to me. And I was like, I got a spy in my group. I got somebody in my group who's already sent this to her. And she's texting me about it. Like I removed her to avoid this situation. (laughs) But apparently y'all are spying on me now because I used to be the spy. I know how this works. I was the spy and now I am the one being spied on. So I was like, okay, cool. I get it. It's a cult. No, of course, obviously this is how this works. Um, And so, yeah, you know, it's just like anytime anything happened, I was like, there's more proof. Right. Like I'm saying it's a cult and you're like, Roberta's a lying hater. And I was like, that's cult. That's a cult tactic you're using. Like you're proving me right by doing this, uh, you know? And so like, that's just, it's just wild. It just continues forever. (laughs) Just never ends. It never, ever ends. Right. And uh, so like looking back, obviously when we're in something like this, it's very hard to see red flags, but looking back, I'm assuming like the cruise was a big red flag. What before that, were there any other things that you would say, oh yeah, that should have been more of a subject I sat and thought about? Hindsight's 2020. And and me reacting to these videos that I do on YouTube, I call it the adventures of Hunberta because that's me, Hunberta. And it's very much like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Oh my God. Pause. No, no, no. Let me apologize to an entire group of people. Sorry. That is not what I meant by that. Like, it's just, it's very eye opening and it's, it's very cult indoctrination. And it's very much like, there's a lot of toxic masculinity. There's a lot of purity culture. There's a lot of toxic diet culture. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, And so looking back now, I see the red flags instantly. I'm like, Oh my God. But I like to quote Bojack Horseman and say, it's really hard to see the red flags when you're wearing rose colored glasses because the flags look the same. That's, that's very paraphrased, but it's true. And so, you know, that's the first thing that happened when I joined was I put on those rose colored glasses and I was like, no, these look great. I'm going to wear these forever. Like I'm a lifer. Like this is my life now. So those red flags i was like no that's just the flag you hater you don't even like you don't even know what flags look like like you don't even like stop you know um and i ignored a lot of things there were a few things that i was like and i I even remember like i even remember getting the wet and the stinky and the ugly gross sun bleach stuff and like not telling anybody because i felt embarrassed because I was a representation of this brand. And I was like, is that part of it? Like they've made me so loyal to this brand that even speaking out makes me feel like a traitor. So right. I kept it to the secret. The only person I talked to was like my upline, like, Hey, I got wet clothes again. Is this normal? She's like, that's so strange. I'll ask. And then I like opened up a ticket and was like, once again, I have gotten these clothes. I'm like, set them aside. When you have, you know, X amount, you can send them back for a refund. And I was like, I'm not going to send these ones back 
I'm going to keep these ones actually. And for some reason, there was part of me that was like, I want to keep these. I kept a pair of the stinky or two pairs of the stinky ones or two or three pairs, a couple of the moldy ones, a couple of the leggy, like, and I just so sealed them up in like poly mailer bags and wrote like stinky leggings on the outside of them and put them in the back. And so it wasn't even until later when I'm clearing out my old LuLaRoe room after I had quit and was like, okay, I finally have to do this. Then I came across those and I was like, oh my God, these are evidence. And uh, I took videos of all of it and I sent it every, every uh. lawsuit had the evidence of the videos of, I mean, there's bugs in the bag and the, the, Clothes were soaking wet. I mean, obviously they had dried, but they had mildew and the, the paper tags were all wet looking like had dried mm. again, but you could tell mm. there was water damage. So gross. You could tell. And so, yeah, <laughs> like those That's were red flags, but right. I kept them to myself because I was embarrassed. And I just like, there's no need for me to be embarrassed. I am not LuLaRoe. Like right. LuLaRoe should have been embarrassed. I didn't need to be embarrassed for them. I but they trained like, your brain. This is not okay. I yeah. should have gone live and been like, anybody else got stinky bug leggings too? This is weird. Right. But I didn't. Because you're so and loyal. They train right, you, you know. You're yeah. trained to be so loyal. Oh. So, I mean, the red flags were there. And I'm seeing yeah. them as I'm doing these reactions. And I'm like, oh, I do remember <laughs> that actually. Or there's like a video of me sitting. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at all this inventory. And I'm panning around the room and there's like boxes and boxes and boxes of like inventory and I'm like oh my god there's one over there this is so crazy I love my life and then I'm like oh gotta go gotta order more inventory bye oh. and like I'm just like no <laughs> oh it's my like, gosh it's like I'm on crack or something like I don't know what it is it's, it's just this dopamine high where I'm just like oh my god and then and I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not as cringy as I hoped I would be. Unfortunately, I was like, oh man, I did, I did say, I did say, and I quote here at LuLaRoe, we ain't no hoochie mamas. So that is a gem that if you watch the videos, you will hear. And I apologize right. to all the hoochies because God bless the hoochie mamas. And I was just like, I cannot believe I just said that. <laughs> but there's that toxic purity culture yeah. for a company yeah. that's selling modest garments to cover their you know right. magic underwear no offense i love my my lds friends but that's right. what it is it's there was so much like hypocritical bullshit and i never saw any of it until it was out uh, i never saw yeah. any you never look up on the stage and you're like he's naked and then everybody's like oh my god the emperor is naked he's naked yeah and then no. you can't see anything but the little emperor uh, naked yeah yeah <laughs> Now that's all we can see. That's all we can see. Oh my gosh. Yeah, now were exactly you were you happy with the documentary when it came out? What did you think? Like one, I love that team. I love um Bly and Corey, who were the producers. They they came to me, they were like, hey, we've been following you. Let's do this. They are incredible women. Uh, and then Jenner and Julia, who were the directors, really great. Um, it was a fantastic experience. They came to my house. They did all the, the COVID testing because it was right in, in the middle of when it was all in the beginning in 2020. Everything was very efficient. I never felt unsafe. Um, I had very good communication with everybody. I never felt like that my story was twisted or my words were manipulated in any way. I felt that nine nine out of ten stars for me 
And the only reason it loses a star is because my advocacy, which as I did my interview was something that I brought up a lot because it's something that I'm so passionate about and helping the victims. And it really only showed up, I think, in the last episode. And it was just sort of a blip. And so like kudos to those editors because I talked about that shit a lot. And for them to work it out, like woo, they did a fantastic job. I know I'm like, where are all the mentions of my advocacy in this, in this fucking show? Where is it all? Um, so yeah, so that was the only thing is because okay. at the point of filming, one, I had already been interviewed by Bloomberg. I had done the Vice piece. Mm. I was in the middle of doing the lawsuit, which is mentioned, but I'm not mentioned as being a part of it at all. But I was in it. I helped in them it. as a, you know get. I helped them get witnesses. I helped them with evidence. Like I worked with the Washington Attorney General's office for three years, so it wasn't just like, oh, Roberto's just helping out today. Like it was really intense. Um, and so that, like that being left out, I was kind of like, man, like. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, and then, yeah, just the advocacy. But who knows? Like, I don't know. I talked to the producer. Well, not the producers, but I talked to some of the producers um, uh, not too long ago. And, and they were asking me about a couple different things and some questions. And who knows? Maybe there's a season two. I don't know. They have enough. I mean, we filmed all day. And, you know, so the documentary was great. And it was a really fantastic experience. Oh, that's um, so cool. and, and I have nothing horrible to say. It, it didn't seem, and I've done a lot of things. So like other seem, other themes, other things seemed less put together and a little more frantic, which is mm. fine. Cause like, that's my vibe. Yeah. But this was not like that. Like this was okay. very professional. Like okay. it was very great. professional, very good. They bought me lunch. No, <laughs> they were very kind. And Give we had me a really, food. Really I'm happy. Time. Yeah, I know. It was a really wonderful time. And I, I, I felt very Good. comfortable the whole time. That's yeah. awesome. I thought it was fabulous. But you never know, you know, what's cut yeah. out. You and... hear horror stories. It, right. Um, and, you know, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in LuLaRoe. And it is like a hydra, like Robert says. So it's really hard to tell the entire story because there's sure. so many, like, little sub-stories and little things that branched off and things that happened so much. And it's just you can't tell it in four episodes. You just can't. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And so there's lots of podcasts where if people are really interested in these stories and, like, I try to tell those stories and I'm going to be working on some more deep dive stuff as oh, well good. to tell the stories because I think people care. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just not the big like headline grabbing stories, but they're definitely like, oh but my they god, matter. I can't believe that happened. I'm like, I yeah. know, right? Yes. Stuff. Yeah. A lot of patterns that you see in other MLMs where I'm like, that happened in Lularoe. They're like, what? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I think those little stories just need to be told, told just for like, just so that people can see the information. That yes. Yeah, just yeah. patterns. And in, that's why I was saying in the beginning. I've learned so much from podcasts like yours where stuff starts clicking. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. Oh, wow. So yes. I just, I love it. And I think it's Absolutely. awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. Well, we will wrap this up since we're getting close here. What? I, 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 yeah. Go I was going to say, I love what you do because oh, you, you make me feel less crazy about <laughs> being just like you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, someone else. <laughs> What she oh, did. Yes. I, seriously, I told my friends, I was like, I'm gonna I'm going on this podcast. And they were like, Who? And I was like, Oh, she's so funny, you have to follow her on Instagram. And I sent them the video of you with the chips when you're running with the chips. Oh, I was my like, God, This is yes. this is a great introduction. This is my girl. 
like, oh yeah, this is so much better. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't oh, like. Yes. I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's funny. I, well, thank there you. needs to be more thank like you. strong, funny, smart women that like point out bullshit like that and go. Yeah. Yes. Really? Well, I you reacted realize... to some five minute crafts the other day and I'm editing that video. So. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I was There's like, so many good ones out there. What? the fuck right. you did not do that in five minutes that was one of the things i was like first of all yes and then it looks awful so why would you bother anyway awful. Awful. or why did you do all of that work like they took all these bolts and screws and like like welded them all together to create this like massive mega tool that literally they just tightened and like loosened uh, a bolt and i was like why are you reinventing the wrench like, we already have that we already right to make it get harder just in case you don't have a wrench but you do have like a million a welding and kit and right. a bunch of bolts and nuts that no one's using yes Ridiculous. It makes sense, you know. Ridiculous. I've yeah, seen so that one I actually. That. I love it. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. Well, I'm Woo. super glad you came on with me. I have two questions, rapid fire, yeah, to totally. ask you before we end. And the first one is what book would you recommend to listeners? If they and- want to learn about MLM? any whatever any i mean book. i think that'd be cool but i would say ponzinomics ponzinomics okay. by robert fitzpatrick that's okay. that's the book that i would say if anything i said would made you go huh he and it's also it's a very type a a book so it's a little oh. slow for some of us that don't really like that kind of stuff but it's really good and it's a really really good deep dive about the like the information and the history of how mlms even started and like why okay. they're legal and how they're legal uh, and it's a very interesting history lesson. I love that. Okay. It's good. Thank you. I like it. And oh, there's good. an audio too, if you don't want to read. Oh there yeah. Is an audio I do book. a lot of audio. I like <laughs> driver in my car. Uh, okay. And then what is the best compliment you've ever received? I don't know. I'm so bad at this because it's really too. hard for me to like, I mean, I've got some compliments where I'm all dang, Okay. But I don't think that's the show appropriate. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's say that it's, uh, just recently I had some people that, that reached out to me because I just had my hundredth episode and, uh, I asked for them to some friends to call in, um, and leave me messages to put on the show of just like, Oh, a hundred episodes and like maybe how the show had impacted them. And those messages, uh, brought me to tears and it was mm. just really wonderful. And I mean, I would say like all of them, it was like, that the show had helped them. And the fact that I can even think that my podcast that I did for myself, because I was shut down during COVID and just like needed something to do, mm-hmm. like change someone's life. That's awesome. Like we, we had uh, a friend, Nick, who said, thank you. You saved my wife. Like you, <sighs> you saved her. I got her back and wow. that kind of stuff. Right. And yes. so for me, it's that stuff. Like, I always loved that aspect of being a hairstylist of like watching my clients grow, like doing hair Mm. of the kid and then helping like doing their hair for prom and things like that. I always thought that was the coolest thing. And like being a part of somebody's wedding, like I'm the Uh, first person to see the bride, right? uh, Like that's a really cool honor, but like helping someone get their wife back. 
Yeah. Helping someone save their life, like save themselves, helping someone open their own eyes. And not because I pushed them, but because I was kind and was like, you know what? Oh, maybe today's the day you do the numbers. And they just right. did. And they were like, oh, shit, she's right. Mm-hmm. Like it's that like that. It's just a, it's a culmination of all of those messages. And that is <laughs> such a compliment. You know, it's I think it's so neat with this whole, you know, social media thing that we've been thrown into that we can have an impact. And I was definitely thrown into this whole social media thing, but I don't want to take that lightly. And that's part of the reason of starting the podcast is, wow, I do have this platform that I didn't do have anything to do with really. So I, I want to use it for good. So I think that's neat that, you know, I look at you a hundred episodes in and I can't wait to be there, but how it's going to be impactful and it's wonderful. Uh, And I will say the only other compliment that I, that I loved uh, Mike render on their uh, show said, he says, I want a shirt that says, what would Roberta do? So that was a cool one too. I was like, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Just make my day, make me cry. So that, that was a good one too. Like, Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been the most incredible journey outside of being Uh, a mom is what I say. Because obviously, you know, but like, this is my baby. Mm -hmm. And like being able to grow and like meet people and then like collaborate with people and meet people like you and collaborate and then be like, Oh, I have this really great idea. Oh, I should reach out to Shannon. Oh, she'd be perfect for this. And then like expanding and like meeting these really incredible people and like doing really fun stuff. That's that to me is what it's all about and what it's all been about. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I hate the awesome. fake influencers. I hate yeah. the fakeness. I am a hot mess nine times out of ten. Sorry, mm. that's just how I am. Like I, yeah. I joke like, oh my man, like the house is a mess. Like, sorry, we live here. Like okay. uh yeah. The kitchen's yeah. a mess. Well, sorry, I just made everybody right. dinner. Like that's just how life is. And um I, I hate the fakeness and I, yeah. I try to bring as much like realness and authenticity and and if we just have to laugh at my pain so that you don't have to go through it, then that's just what we're gonna do. And it's yes. very fun. And I don't right. mind laughing at my own pain. It's no it's cathartic. No. Obviously I don't either. <laughs> I feel like it just makes it sad if I don't laugh at my yeah, life. Yeah, like if I don't, I say that all the time on my podcast. I'm like, if we don't laugh, we cry. So like, let's I'll just laugh. laugh. <laughs> let's laugh. Yeah, it's all about the laugh. Oh I, my and gosh. I will tell you, like some of the darkest jokes, and sometimes I have to cut it out because I was like, there are people that just won't understand this joke. Uh, but some of the darkest jokes and the darkest humor come out of survivor stories where people are like, I've been through it. There's nothing you can say that's worse than what I've been through. And, you know, even just being able to give people that space to laugh and cry in a safe space. As someone said, Robert, I love talking to you because I, I all send like voice messages. Like I can go through three voice messages and it's this this like I go from being so emotional like oh my god that's so wonderful mm. to like laughing my ass off by the end and I'm like yes being my friend is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> this is real I will get you <laughs> making you cry is my ultimate goal but like right. emotional like wonderful tears of joy not like angry right ones. well I would well, love to have you come on my podcast I want too. to perfect yes. let's set let's that up for it. sure we'll make it happen and yeah. where can everyone find you and your podcast yeah, and so everywhere. I'm everywhere. If you Google me, 
Uh, or you go to my website, which is robertablevins.com. It has everything there. But if you're on YouTube, I'm on YouTube. We've got like a, a weekly show. I do deep dives and comedy and all kinds of stuff over there, all anti-MLM and scam and cult related. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow the podcast, Life After MLM Podcast, or you can follow me, The Real Roberta Blevins. Um, I'm on Twitter and TikTok as Berta Like Whoa, but I- I'm only on there when I can get on there. Like it's a yeah, lot. It's I do hard. a lot. It's and then so I have my podcast. We have uh, yes. new episodes every Sunday and we're going to okay. start adding bonuses on Wednesday. So again, it's so <gasps> much. Yay. Uh, and that is called Life After MLM. And we do, I would say 90% multi-level marketing, but we're going to get into some more frauds and cults and scams and stuff too, because I think it's important. Those red flags are everywhere. Yeah. And I just want people to be like, wait a second. Roberta said something about this on that show that one time and just gives you like a little bit of room to pause. Like that's all I need. Yeah. If you stop and think for like one second because of me, then, then yes. I made the impact. And it was worth it. it yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being Thank you. here. You're I'm the greatest. So I love it. I had so much fun. Thank you all for listening to my conversation with Roberta. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. And if you are looking for any of the links to where you can find more information on Roberta, of course, as always, look down in those show notes and you can be linked to more information um, about my guest always. And of course, please go and subscribe to the show, share it with friends, and please leave a review because it's very helpful for me, apparently, still learning this whole podcast situation, but I guess it's very helpful. So please go leave a review and share it with your friends. Appreciate you guys. See you next week. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Shanty Pant Show. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me every week. You can find all of my links to all my social medias, anything your heart desires at shantypantshow.com. You can even find my amazing merch is back up and running there. And you can email me from there. All the things. All the things. Also, you always ask, how can you help me out with this whole podcast situation? You can subscribe to my podcast. You can leave reviews. You can share it with friends. I appreciate it all. So I am super excited to bring you guys the rest of the season. It's going to be amazing. And I'll see you next week. Don't ever silence your voice.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.